Hi, and welcome back to Reach for Wellness, a video podcast by Community Reach Center. We are located in the Adams and Broomfield counties. In today's episode, we will be talking on supporting the mental health of children, and I'm delighted to have Casey Mullins here. Casey Mullins is a licensed professional counselor and a supervisor of staff of one of our school-based teams. Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. I know we've talked about this, and it's so great to have you. Talk a little bit more. I know I mentioned that you're school-based, but talk a little bit more about what you do for the center. Yeah, so I've been with Community Reach Center for a little over six years now. Um, In the first five years, I was on our school-based team that serves um, District 27J up in kind of the Brighton area. Um, I have been a therapist in that in elementary, middle, and high schools, um, primarily in high school towards the end of my five years there. Um, last school year, I transitioned over to a supervisor of staff position. So um, what I tell people is that instead of doing therapy with mm-hmm. kids, I talk about doing therapy with kids, with our staff who are in the schools providing the school-based therapy to our students that we serve. That's great. Did you think that you would be working specifically with the youth population or did that happen naturally? Um, initially going into grad school and going into pursuing a therapy degree, I want my I knew my focus was gonna be kids and families, yeah. That's great. And I know there's a big need in the state of Colorado. What have you seen as a professional over the years with the needs of kids in the community? Um, I think that part of it is there's we're reducing some of the stigma around it, and so people are more more okay talking about um, their mental health needs or mental health struggles. Um, so they're seeking help more often, partially because of that. Obviously, the pandemic has had a huge impact on mental health issues for kids. They were isolated. They weren't able to have their social interactions developmentally. There was things that you know they didn't get to do, and so I think that that's been a huge piece that we've seen. And then we threw them back into like let's go back to what we were doing before. Um, and so I think kids just missed out on some skills that they need or could be helpful in managing some of those stressors and stuff that came up when they returned to school and stuff. Yeah, no, the kids have been through quite the changes yeah. while they're also going through their developmental changes. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Exploring their feelings, their body, and everything that comes Identity, yeah, all the stuff. So someone might listen to this and think, kids mental health, why would a kid struggle? They're just kids, they just need to go have fun. What are some misconceptions people may have about children's mental health? Um, I think kids can have mental health reasons for all, you know, all sorts of different reasons. And, you know, some of it is chemical imbalances in the brain, right? Some of those start really young um, and some we don't see until later. Uh, Kids can also have challenges because of like adjusting to different stressors in their lives. So it could be a divorce, it could be a move across the country, um, it could be a pandemic, it could be bullying at school. So there's all sorts of different things where, they just kind of struggle to adapt to those things. And then they don't have the tools to do it, right? Even as adults, we sometimes don't have the tools to express how we're feeling or what we need, or we don't even know what we need. And kids are in the same boat. Um, And again, developmentally with where they're at, they don't have the words to say, I think I'm really angry right now, right? And so they get into trouble at school and we don't know what to do. Um, And a lot of times we go to like punitive measures where it's like, no, we just need to give them the tools that they need. Um, So I would say it's a lot of times, again, it can be a chemical imbalance, um, so anxiety, depression, things like that. Um, Or we can see it a lot of times induced by stressors um, in their environments. So it could be a trauma, it could be big changes, things like that. Casey, that was so helpful to understand because there are so many differences to why kids would react a certain way. You did mention environmental stressors, and there has there have been environmental stressors through the pandemic. 
there's also tough news that happens that we hear about. We had the fires here in Colorado recently, and also in the national news, we were hearing about the Uvalde uh, school shooting at that elementary school in Texas. Can you talk to us a bit about how kids might be impacted by news by from that experience? Yeah. Um, school is a kid's job, right? It's, it's their nine to five, so to speak. And so their hearing of these tragedies happening in what's supposed to be one of their safe places at school. Um, I think one of the biggest things is we need to be having those conversations with the kids instead of letting them try to figure it out on their own. Because mm -hmm. um, there's a good chance that they're gonna maybe get some misinformation, um, whether it's from talking to a friend or social media or things like that. And so it's really important that we're having direct open conversations with kids. Um, and so we can open up the conversation really easily of like, hey, something happened in the news today. Have you heard anything about it? Just to see where they're at, right? They may have no clue that anything happened today um, or they have not heard about the shooting or they might have heard people talking about it and they might have questions. And so it's really just opening up the dialogue to kind of find out where they're at. Um, super important to just normalize how they're feeling. They might be feeling scared. They might be feeling anxious. They might be worried. They might be confused. And so letting them know like all of those feelings are okay and doing our best to answer questions that they might have about the scenarios and how that could translate to their circumstances, their lives, um, what happens to them at school. You mentioned being direct. Why, why is that so important? Because I'm thinking sometimes people are, or maybe parents or adults are thinking, well, we kind of, we don't want them to feel bad or we don't want to worry them. Why is being direct important? Um, it's a couple different reasons. I think part of it is when we aren't direct, we also aren't, for lack of a better word, directly answering the question, right? And so did you hear about anything? Well, yeah, they could be like, yeah, I saw that there's a new trending TikTok video, right? Okay, right, and so that leaves it there. And they may be afraid to ask you, like, or bring up, hey, like, yeah, I heard about this school shooting, right? Sometimes kids are protective of other people's feelings, and so they're not gonna ask the tough question either because they don't wanna upset their parent or their guardian or their friend or whatever the case may be. And so in being direct about it, we know that we are directly answering the questions that they have instead of leaving things ambiguous or kind of out there. We hear all the time from parents like, well, I, I don't want to scare them by answering these questions or I don't want to trigger anything if I ask that question. Um, and really what the research shows us is that it doesn't trigger um, increases in thoughts or you know fears or things like that. Um, again, if I ask the kiddo, hey, like, did you hear anything about what happened on the news today? And if they say, nope, haven't heard a thing, we can just carry on with our day. Mm -hmm. um, but if we're saying like, did anything scary happen to you today, right? And we leave it in that blank, like, really open-ended, then the kiddos, you know, did something scary happen today? Should I be worried? And so it lets them, lets their minds wander. Um, and typically we tend to go to scarier places um, or negative thinking when we are left to the kind of the open-ended, figure it out for yourself stuff. And that makes me think about how we're always learning from our experience from others. And so if we are modeling healthy behaviors, then it would be to be assertive and direct when it makes sense, and in this case it would be. Whereas if we're constantly superficially acting like we're okay, then kids will sniff that, right? Absolutely. They totally are looking to us to model for them what's okay and what's not okay. So again, if they come to you and say like, hey, I heard about this shooting, it was really scary. I'm really scared about going back to school. It's totally okay for you to say, yeah, I'm, I'm scared about you going back to school too, right? And letting them know that that feeling is okay. It is okay to have fears and worries and things like that. And we still have to go to school every day. And so how do we find ways to make ourselves feel safer? so glad we're talking about these different type of stressors because everyone has their own unique experiences and they have different things that they're going through and 
uh, one of the needs that a child might have is feeling different. And there's lots of reasons why someone may feel different. Mm -hmm. And one of the big ones could be if they identify and they're part of the LGBT plus community, what are some of the ways that that would impact a young person as they develop? Yeah, there's, I mean, developmentally, kids are looking to connect with other peers and to feel accepted and to feel like they are a part of something. And so when they feel like, I don't quite fit in this box that a lot of people are in, um, there can be a lot of isolation from that, feeling really confused, um, and just feeling like they don't quite belong. Um, and so it's really important that we, you know, when kids are feeling this way, that we're connecting them with resources to help them feel connected and to feel like they do belong and they are a part of things. Um, we are seeing at a lot of schools um, LGBTQ groups that they can be a part of, um, advocacy groups. Um, there are you know, different centers and events in the Denver metro area that support LGBTQ. Um, but it's so, so important that we are honoring for these kids that they are who they are, and it's okay that they are who they are, right? And so we acknowledge that, we accept that, um, and we're gonna, you know, join them on that journey um, in, you know, accepting and becoming their true identity. You've mentioned so much throughout our conversation about this normalization. We want to make sure kids and our youth know that we accept them, and I think that ties in really well with what you're saying now, is that maybe a lot of what we need as we grow up is just to know that we matter and that we're accepted and loved by the people around us. Yeah, no one really, for the most part, wants to be alone, right? And so feeling really alone and lonely when you're a kid and a teen is tough. And so, I mean, the amount of times in therapy sessions I've had kids tell me, like, it's so nice to have a space where I feel like I can be myself and I can be open about how I'm feeling because they don't feel like they can do that with their family, with their friends, things like that. And so really creating these spaces to feel accepted and included is huge. Yeah, definitely well pointed out. Talk to us about what kind of supports exist. So you mentioned some school supports, and I know that's that's your area of expertise, Casey. So you could talk about that, or just just what are some ways uh, or resources out there for kiddos needing support with their mental health. Um, lots of different options for mental health. So um, here in Adams County, uh, we have school-based teams in all of the districts, the school districts within Adams County. So um, we aren't in every single school in the district, but we are within a majority of the schools in those districts. Um, so I would say kind of one of the first things if somebody is looking for supports for their child and their mental health is to reach out to the school. Most schools have a social emotional coach, I think is their title, school counselors, um, school social workers. So they have different types Titles, but there's typically somebody in the school whose role is kind of um, supporting the mental health of the students. And so asking them for resources because they might have a school-based therapist in their school that they could refer you to. Um, and then the kids are able to get the services there. Um, you can always bring them to an outpatient office. Um, I would also say checking with your primary care provider for your child. They might have somebody at their offices um, that they can connect you with or other resources they might be aware of. Um, there are private practices. I mean, there's, there's truly a slew of different places to go if you want to look through your insurance, if you want to ask friends who their kids see. Um, there's lots of different options. But I think really starting with you know, kind of your your circle of people. So asking at the school, asking at your doctor's office, asking friends who they have used for um, mental health supports. And people may not realize that there are, like you mentioned, school-based therapists. So it's not the school counselor, it's not some of the school staff, but there are 
hired individuals that go and just provide the therapy support. So you don't always have to go to an outpatient mm -hmm. office, which is where I am mm -hmm. located, where, yeah, it's tough to take a kid after school to an office. Well, or, and it's tough for parents if they have to get out of work or things mm -hmm. like that. That's not always feasible. And so what I always told my clients is I work in your school, not for your school, mm -hmm. right? And so my job is to meet you where you're at literally in your school building and so you know we work around schedules and things like that to be able to pull kids through the school day to really help the family reduce barriers to getting care for their kids at the school and so i'm doing the same thing you're doing just yeah. in a school building it's it's a really neat program it's awesome. so i hope it's that awesome. people are able to take that are there any last things you want to mention about kid mental health or support other supports maybe we haven't brought up um i just think it's Early intervention is just so important, right? Whether it's a developmental thing we're intervening early, but same with mental health, right? If we can manage the symptoms early and support and learn the tools and strategies, we can really help kids become just high functioning adults, right? So we can prevent some substance use disorders and things like that if we're able to support the grieving process or the trauma responses early on. And so it's just super important to get those kids the help they need early on. So kind of kicking things under the rug or thinking, well, maybe they'll grow out of it. May not necessarily be the case. So the more we're able to prevent and treat early on, hopefully the better. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like to think of it as if I have um, a sprained ankle from an, a soccer game, let's say, yeah. and I wait three months to get it fixed, the rehab to get feeling better is going to take some time. Now, if I've waited three years to get it fixed, it's going to take even longer, and the measures needed to help fix my ankle are going to probably be more significant than had I done it at three months or three days or three years or whatever the case may be. And so it's just really important to get those early interventions early on to help reduce the intensity that the problem can grow to be. Thank you. I think that's a great note to land on. Thank you so much for joining us for this month's episode of Breach for Wellness. To learn more about Community's Reach Center and the services we provide, you can visit our website at www.communityreachcenter.org, and there you can find all of the information. Also, you can get connected to our social media pages, so you can follow us there and get connected to all of the things that are happening in the Community Reach Center world. Thanks, and talk to you next time.